Bell. That was a great skit from Saturday Night Live. Blue Oyster Cult. Don't fear the Reaper. More cowbell, baby. More cowbell. So um, yeah, during the radio show, we were talking about people on American Horror Story, and one of those that is in the show is Billy Lord, who is the daughter of Carrie Fisher. And uh, and I was trying to remember who it was, so I did a quick Wikipedia lookup. And they have a picture of her on her Wikipedia page where her hair's all kind of poofy, and it's uh, apparently a link back to Wikipedia. And her hair looks a little Wikipedia in it. And, I mean, it was it was probably done up for something, but she's got, you know, I don't know. It's not the most complimentary picture. All you have to do is do a quick search on images on and, and, and Google or wherever and uh, and see pictures of her. And virtually every other picture I think she looks better in than the one that ends up on her Wikipedia page. I wonder if that's a thing. Like your Wikipedia page picture is like your driver's license picture. It's like, blah. it don't look so great. Um but uh, lots of pictures of her and her mom at different events, and some of it her, her mom and her grandmother, who was who was Debbie Reynolds. So uh, you know, she is uh, certainly uh, of a lineage of Hollywood royalty, right? Grandma's Debbie Reynolds, mom is Carrie Fisher, and uh, so yeah, we'll see, we'll see. She's like twenty eight years old, so uh, she's got uh, you know. A long life ahead of her in terms of uh, her Hollywood bankability. She's probably, you know, going to be able to be a starlet for another year or two. And then she'll be a a well-known star for, you know, six or eight months after that. And then she's washed up. So long, long uh, Hollywood life. Sure. Why not? <laughs> so, uh, you know... Uh, I, I the, what led us to that conversation was again uh, American Horror Story, and uh, if you've not seen it, it is really really good. American Horror Story is excellent, um, and another one that is on my to do list. I want to watch Another Life. Now this series stars Katie Sackhoff and uh, Selma Blair, uh, as well as a, a fairly good size cast of others in that list, but. Uh, um, I like Katie Sackhoff. I liked her in um, Battlestar Galactica. I liked her in, um, um, uh, what was it, well, um, the Western Sheriff show, what was it, uh, Longmire. Longmire was excellent. Um, so I just like uh, like her. So she plays Nico Breckenridge, an astronaut who commands a crew on a mission to explore the genesis of an alien artifact. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of a space sci-fi thing going on. There's 10 episodes, and uh, apparently they've been filming season two, so season two should come out here before too long. They got delayed because of uh, COVID, like a lot of stuff did, but uh, hopefully we'll see another season of Another Life. When I watch it, I'll let you know. I'll let you know how I, how I think, what I think about it. But I got to say, you know, I started American Horror Story and it's, uh, I randomly looked at the seasons and just said, ah, I'm going to watch, watch season eight. So I watched season eight and it was excellent. Um, and, you know, it's nice because there were literally eight episodes. So it was, there was a beginning, a middle and an end. Um, and then I started learning a little bit about, more about the, the, the whole thing. And what's nice is, and I knew this going into it, that each season is sort of a standalone thing. But the cast, they mix and match. And over the seasons, the different cast members are in it repeatedly. And so, um, like Dylan McDermott is in uh, season one as a primary cast member. In season two, 
uh, he he he's there a little bit, plays a different character, but then he's not around for a while. Then in season eight, he comes back and plays the same character that he played in season one, but then in season nine, he plays a completely different character again. Uh, you know, and so lots and lots of uh, of uh, mixing and matching. You know, uh, Evan Peters plays uh, a character that's the same in season one and eight. But, uh, you know, he plays a different character in seasons two, three, four, and five. You know, I mean, it's just there's lots and lots of mixing matching. So the same people are in the same actors are in it, but they're playing different parts. Zachary Quinto is in it. Uh, Jessica Lang is in it. Joseph Fiennes is in it. Sarah Paulson is in every season playing multiple characters. She is just, you know, this is like a, a workout for her. Um I always liked James Cromwell. He's in season two. He's like in one season, but he, you know, he pops in for a while, pops out. Emma Roberts is in five different seasons playing different characters, and sometimes the same character kind of coming around. Kathy Bates is in six different seasons uh, of the nine uh, so far, and ten is coming, so some of them have already been confirmed to be in season ten. Um, you know, it's just, it's it's fun. Michael Chick, Chiklis um, is in a season. You know, Angela Bassett is in like five seasons. Um, they're just it's it's cool to see all of these actors coming in. Cuba Gooding Jr.'s in a season. Billy Lord is in four seasons. Um, it, it's fun to um, oh John Carroll Lynch. I always liked him. Uh, uh, he plays Twisty the Clown. Ooh, um, in two seasons, mind you. So. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward actually to seeing some of the other seasons and seeing the characters or the actors playing different characters. And it will be interesting to see how confusing that is. And each season they'll add in some new people and lose some old people. And, and then you'll see people come back from previous seasons and later seasons. And um, kind of a fun way to structure a series so that, you know, you can work for eight or ten episodes and then go on your merry way and then come back and work for, you know, another four or five episodes in a different season and, and then come back in another season. And, and each time you're playing maybe a different character or sometimes you play the same character that'll have some, some continuity through the stories. Uh, it's just an interesting anthology way to put together a series that's not often done. And um, I think it's worth taking a look. And as somebody who's not super fond of, of horror stuff, I like sci-fi type of things. And this is a good mix on that. And it is horror for television so it's not um the same as horror in a movie where they can you know rate it r or rate it nc-17 if it's that awful i mean it, there's lots of suggestions and there's there's some blood and gore but it's not um you know it's not quentin tarantino with a samurai sword hacking up a hundred people in a room um type of gore um or uh you know some of the slasher horror movies where uh you know, there's body parts falling all over the place. Um, although I say that, and there were body parts in some some pieces of it that you know were chopped up and then arranged into shapes and such. So, so uh, you know, it's definitely adult entertainment. So don't watch it when you got the little guys in the in the room. But um, but it's certainly worth a list or, or worth a watch. I'm having trouble hearing you. So that was interesting. So um, the uh, intelligent assistant on my phone, uh, it sounded like they went, 
gee, I'm having trouble. I think it was, hmm, I'm having trouble hearing you. They're trying to make it seem very American. I must have said something that sounded sort of like, hey, Shlomo, um, and got it to talk. That's funny. Um, I'll have to listen back and see what that was. What did I say? Would I say? So anyway, interesting things to be watching on television. As we said in the radio show, I kind of came on and was in mourning today. Um, definitely uh, not a happy camper as a Packer fan. Things did not go the way I wanted them to yesterday, which is, you know, I guess it's okay. Life doesn't end for football games and such. Um, you know, and it's not too hard to go into the news and find people that have real problems instead of, you know, pouty problems with their team not winning. Oh, excuse me. Mm. And some terrible news. Godiva is shutting down all of their North American locations. They're closing all of their stores. Um, I think that uh, uh, they say by March they will have them all shut down. I think that they're just saying that... Uh, you know, shifting consumer habits have spurred um, a lot of uh, changes in the way people buy things, and they're shutting down all their stores. Now, they're still going to be making chocolate. I suspect you'll be mail-ordering it if you want to get uh, Godiva chocolates anymore. Um, you know, I've seen some Godiva boutiques where you can go in and get chocolate, but it's always been very expensive, and it's not a chocolate that I have spent a lot of uh, time with in the past just because it's expensive. Um, and it's good. I mean, it's good, but I'm more of a Mrs. C's kind of guy if I'm going to go to a candy store and buy candy. Um, nonetheless, just, you know, another symptom of, of businesses struggling in the wake of COVID and, uh, and, you know, us as a country trying to figure out what to do with it. I mean, Aaron's absolutely right in that we can't just stay shut down forever. We've got to come out of this despite the fact that, that, you know, the virus is not completely under control. And, and you know, I mean, we're adding you know, the the um, vaccines that we're coming up with are going to give us protection from at least the majority of the versions of COVID that are out there, if not all of them. Um, here's Aaron. Greetings. Hello, hello. I was just uh, talking about the fact that, you know, I think you're right, that despite the... Um, COVID not being um, fully controlled, we can't just stay shut down forever. Um, I was reading the story or talking about the story of Godiva shutting down all of their stores, you know, and they're just another victim of the uh, shutdowns of the economic changes because COVID's got everything locked down. And they just said, you know, we can't afford to try to keep these stores open at this point, even though it's technically, I guess, carry out food, right? I mean, you don't yeah, sit in the store and eat your chocolate. chocolate. But, uh, you know, I don't know. You, I mean, I, I appreciate a Godiva chocolate, but if I'm going to like a candy store to buy chocolates, I'm more of a Mrs. C's kind of guy than I am a Godiva guy. Yeah, I, you know, I, I am too. I also, I mean, this is going to sound it's it's a lower end chocolate, but I like I like Russell Stover a lot, and I like oh, mm -hmm. the um, the chocolates that you get at Aldi's that come from Germany. And oh, uh huh. Yeah, and some of those so, imported chocolates that you can get, like at, like you said, Aldi or um, uh, Trader Joe's has their own branded, you know, Joe chocolates, but those are generally imported chocolates as well that are quite good. Yep. Yeah. So, no, I'm with you. I, I think, honestly, I think the Europeans got the whole chocolate thing down better than us in general. Oh, um, absolutely. But you want to freak, you, you, you want to hear, like, 
going very like uh, lowbrow chocolate. Uh, Hershey's makes a thing called the Hershey's Drops, and they're like an M and M, but they're about an inch in diameter, about the size of a quarter, and about uh, you know maybe just shy of a, of a half inch thick at the at the thickest point. And it's just a piece of chocolate with like Baker's glaze on it or, or confectioner's glaze on it. And it's just Hershey chocolate and something about those. <laughs> I just yeah, love them. Well, a, lot, a lot of people really love Hershey's chocolate. It actually tastes waxy to me. Yeah. Well, it is. But it's still, it's Hershey's. It's delicious. I've actually been to Hershey, Pennsylvania. The whole town smells like chocolate. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's Nirvana. You know, I don't know if they, if they, if it's a waxy, whatever it is that makes it waxy is added so it, it stays more shelf stable when it's in transport right. and in the store. But it, it does, it just, it's not as, it's not as pleasurable an, ex, an experience as the chocolate that you'll find from Europe. Right. It's a different texture. It's a different texture than yes. theirs. But also their mix of cocoa, and I don't know how they process their cocoa or whatever, but the flavor is slightly different as well it's a different um i don't know if it's just sourced from different beans or if they process it different or whatever but it's it has its own texture and flavor that is uniquely different than um than most european chocolates and i can imagine if you're used to or or like european chocolates that uh that hershey's is going to taste pretty um uh bad to you but uh i um I don't know. I yes. grew up that to me that was chocolate when I was a kid. So to me that's comfort food, which is not so, a good thing. I wish I, comfort food okay. was like, you know, a bowl of granola. I know, right? <laughs> I I I actually think that the Europeans use a lot more butter in their chocolate or more milk or cream or whatever it is. It's yeah. richer. Yeah, it does and it's and it's definitely got a smoother, creamier texture to it. Um, and I think you're right. I think there's maybe like more oils in it, whether it be cocoa oil or butter or whatever. But whatever uh, it is, and I don't know how they do yeah. it. But. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Well, let's let's put it through. I, I I talk about like the comfort food of Hershey's for me, and I like it. But I, I'm not kicking a good Toblerone out of my uh, out of my pantry. Let me tell you. So um, yesterday, a trailer dropped for Warner Brothers Godzilla versus King Kong. Did you watch it? I watched it. It looks interesting. It looks like fun. If you enjoy those kind of monster movies, which again, you know, they're they're silly, lighthearted. I mean, you know, th- there's usually some themes under underlying social commentary themes of the Godzilla movies, but uh, but you know, I mean, it's it's gaiju. It's giant monsters screaming at each other. So, um, but it looks interesting. It looks like fun. Um, the, uh, the the big question mark, of course, is who's going to win. Right? We don't know. Um, in well, previous iterations, Godzilla won, but we'll see what happens here. Godzilla can breathe fire. King Kong cannot breathe fire. Yeah, King Kong beats his chest. Godzilla, right. you know, sends out electromagnetic pulses and, and breathes radioactive bad breath. Um, <laughs> yeah, and Godzilla's bigger. I mean, they kind of, you know, size up King Kong to make it look like a reasonable fight, but... Yeah, we'll see. I read online somebody was saying that, you know, if 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 uh, Warner Brothers holds to to form, whichever uh, monsters movie did better will be the one who wins. And the King Kong standalone movie out uh, out um, uh, paced the Godzilla movie by about uh, thirty five million dollars. And so therefore, 
King Kong is the winner because King Kong made them more money. Um, so we'll see, you know. And if they do something controversial, like have King Kong beat Godzilla, they've set up a sequel. Yes, they have. <laughs> Which, you know, isn't beyond those guys in Hollywood to say, hey, hmm, let's see if we can find a way to make even more money. That so, is the uh, point, after all. Yeah, it is. Yeah, entertaining us is secondary. <laughs> I did uh, see a uh, a YouTube video where, I kid you not, this is a 15-minute YouTube video of a guy breaking down the battle. Like, okay, well, God, uh, King Kong has stronger arms than Godzilla, but Godzilla's got stronger legs. And King Kong has a, a larger brain casing, so he's probably got more strategy involved in his fighting. You know, and, I mean, he's literally like, you know, these are imaginary 100-story high monsters, and you're breaking down yeah. this fight as if it was like, you know, Ollie and Frazier. Dude, get a life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he had graphics and video, and I'm like, wow, the production value on this is phenomenal. What I should have done was do a little digging and see if that was actually done by the studio because somebody spent a lot of time and effort putting that together. Yeah, yeah. you know, I guess it's, it's probably a video guy who's not been doing a lot of work because of COVID, so he's just sitting at home going, I ain't got nothing to do. Hey, this would be fun. Yeah, it's the um, new trailer. It's, like, it's yeah. like BuzzFeed. If you've ever read BuzzFeed, uh, I would say 75% of the content on BuzzFeed is mm -hmm. native advertising. So it's yeah. paid for by an advertiser. Like, say it's McDonald's. And they'll put together some stupid quiz about what hamburger you should like or whatever. You know, right. that's, that's, that's how BuzzFeed operates. That's how the, I think right. that must be their revenue model. Yeah, um, and it's all, it all looks like, like a, a news article, but what it really right. is. Yes, or a yeah. silly quiz or something like that. I took a couple yeah. of them this morning. Like, what kind of wedding should you have? And, you know, and really. Hey, wait a minute. You already had a wedding. What well, are you planning? I know, but. I was curious, like, you know, uh, and, and it's actually in the fall, which I was, but, ah. you know, they're, what you're doing is you're looking at dresses and picking out right. the dresses that you like, um, and I'm sure that that is used then as market research, because that's what it is. Right. Probably right. sponsored by some dress factory, cranking exactly. out dresses. I'm, I'm it's like, sure hey, it's this is what people are liking. David Let's go Bridal. make more of these. Yeah. I wonder, though, how you would have answered that as the younger unmarried self years ago before you got married and whether or not that would have aligned with your tastes now. I don't know. And it doesn't really matter because yeah. the point is still, you know, right. But you're right. but you're right. Yeah, no. And you're right. And it's, and the thing is, you know, you mentioned Buzzfeed. I think that that's more and more of that kind of stuff is what's integrated into all kinds of things. You know, um, you look at uh, all of the articles on Newser and, and even like if you've got a, a Google news feed that you look at, um, in each little section, whether it be, you know, U.S., world, local news, business, there's like usually the, the, the top thing is like a, a news article, but somewhere within the top three or four, there's something that kind of looks like news. But when you click on it, you find out it's not really news. It's kind of either trying to convince you to click through more stuff or it's trying to sell you something that's kind of looking sort of like a pseudo article, but it's not really, an you know. It's just yeah. it, we're we're inundated with that kind of stuff, um, and it's hard to um, discern whether you're you're actually reading a story written to impart information or a story written to extract information. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Oh, so there's a, a stuck truck, and I'm going to have to 
get back on the freeway. Isn't that exciting? Fun, fun, fun. It was on just blocking the road. Yep. Lovely. Blocking the road. Well, I'm sure when he got stuck, he didn't say, "Let's pick this spot because it'll be more inconvenient for more people." (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So you know, I'm back on the freeway. Yeah, as 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 inconvenient as it is, the guy who's stuck is having a worse day than you. So. Oh yeah, I, I'm not complaining. I've just noticed yeah. it narrating yeah. my drive. Yeah. I'm sure you can hear the rain on my windshield. Um, I can't actually. It's raining over there, huh? It's raining. I don't know if it's raining here or not. I am, you know, I, I get sequestered away in my shack, and it's like I'm literally in a in a small dark room you know with i've got a window but i intentionally made it um a window with privacy glass in it so it lets sunlight in but uh you really can't see out and it's behind me most of the time anyway um but i can kind of see if it's light or dark out but i can't see because it essentially faces like into a fence so there's nothing to see there really anyway um the way it's situated but i wanted some natural light you know just something so yeah I'll turn the around. Mountains and look, see. are going to be incredible. If you are here, Ooh. go on the websites for the local resorts or even like Mammoth and other resorts. If you're here, and make your reservations now. You can't just show up and buy a lift ticket anymore. You have to actually uh, pay for your lift ticket, make reservations in advance, and I imagine it's selling out pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, you got to imagine they're probably selling less lift tickets than normal, right? Because they're trying to create yeah. opportunities for social distancing. So, if you want to get one, you better get on it. Um, yep. Yeah. I'm not a I'm not a skier, but uh, but if I was, I would. I do like the snow. Uh, might be worth just you know taking a trip to the mountains. Call in sick people. Everybody go to the. Oh wait a minute. Never mind. Don't call in sick. Everybody go to work. Work hard today at home and online. If you well, want to do something fun, go to the beach. Because I'll be in Unless the mountains. Unless you have four-wheel drive with chains, you're not getting up there today. Because mm-hmm. I'll be in the mountains. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I bet it's beautiful up there, though. I bet it's beautiful. Yep. Yes. Probably cold. So, Pro- probably I, cold. Dress I well. Dress warm. I went skiing yeah? every chance I had when I was younger. Much younger. Mm-hmm. You know, but, yeah. you know, I'm out of shape now, so I don't do that anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, I've done it a couple times, and I've I had a good time, but it's just not something that I have done regularly. It's not become a habit or a hobby for me. But um, it's kind of an expensive hobby. Yeah, there's a lot of those out there. <laughs> but yeah, you're, and, you're even if you're renting, it, it's like a lot of things. If you're going to do it regularly, you don't want to keep renting all the gear, right? So you want to go buy it. Yeah, but beyond that, it's, there's lift tickets and travel, and and our Southern California mountains are fine for one day. But if you want to really ski. You gotta go to Utah. Yeah. I, I like Utah snow so much better than like the Sierra cement. I've skied in Mammoth. Mammoth is fine, uh, but it, uh-huh. the, the snow is heavy. It's and it's wetter than it is in right. In, in that pillow soft. Um, uh, it's like down. Um, mm-hmm. uh, snow in Utah. So go to Brian Head or go up north to uh, 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 Park City, and there's tons of resorts up there. And the snow is incredible. Their tagline is the greatest snow on earth and i i agree with it i've skied in in, yeah. in in austria and austria was amazing but i still like utah snow better yeah you know i mean i was there in the summer but i know that um, in park city they talk about the fact that because they are um south east of the great salt lake 
that the moisture gets picked up and dropped onto those mountains, and it is unique to other places because it's very, very dry up there. And then yes. they pick up that moisture from the lake, and then the dry air drops all that moisture on the mountains, and it's just a very unique geographical situation so that they get uh, a snow that is unlike anywhere else. It's and beautiful. Uh, of course, having been there in the summer, I couldn't experience it, but they talk about it and they explain it that way and say it's special because of our geography and it's not repeated anywhere else in the world. And so it's unique. And uh, so I suppose if you're a skier, that's a big deal. Yes. Now, I've never snowboarded and I don't really have any desire to. I like skiing. And I just mm-hmm. need to get myself in shape so I can do it again. Right now, I think it would kill my knees. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of. I mean, it, the few times that I've done it, I, I there was a lot of uh, knee and and just burning thighs. You know? Yes, yes. Well, I like yeah. moguls, and moguls yeah. are hard on the knees. So yeah, um, yeah. You know. Well, that's I the fun. I mean, weight. just going straight down a mountain is like okay, great. That's you know. Well, some like people like fast. that. I don't, and I don't like yeah. being airborne. No, 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 mm-hmm. no airborne. I'll do well, and I, I wouldn't anymore. But at the time, I would do a black diamond. Um, trail that wasn't mm-hmm. a problem, but if I if it had me airborne, I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. I don't like you. Just like the bouncy, like trouncy, bouncy, trouncy, fun, like, fun, 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 fun. I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes sense. You know, I could see the fun in doing that. You know, and and the few times that I've gone skiing, it was just you know, I mean, just I mean, it wasn't anything fancy. It wasn't a really hard run, and it was you know, kind of zigzag your way down the mountain, and it was fun. I had a good time, but. You know, not enough so that I was going to, like, take that up as a hobby and go running to the mountains often. Yeah. But, uh, um, but yeah, you know, it's like any hobby. You know, you just – hobbies, you can't you can't start or stop a hobby because it's going to – you know, because it's expensive. I mean, any hobby can become expensive. You know, golf is expensive by the time you buy all your gear and you pay to go golf each weekend and spend five hours every weekend out on a golf course somewhere. You know, um, you know, bowling, everybody I know who's into bowling ends up with, you know, assorted bowling balls and bags and shoes. And, you know, it's just you buy stuff to support your hobby or your habit, depending on how you want to look at that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it's it is it is what it is. Oh, I have low tire pressure now. Did I roll over and drive over a nail? Uh, maybe it might be just that it's cold and when it's really cold out your the air in your tires condenses a little bit. Um, and sometimes it triggers. I, I know I had a car that used to do that every time it was cold, uh, cold mornings, you'd get that warning. Um, but I also, I don't know what it is, but it seems like every time you have a car, you know, you've got four wheels, generally speaking, and there are some three wheelers out there, but generally speaking, cars have four wheels. One of them always seems to run low. There's one tire that no matter what I do. It just that that tire just seems to not hold air very good, and you know you can take it in and have them put a new valve stem, check for leaks, everything's fine. It just that one always seems to be, you know, a couple pounds of psi lower than the other two. So it's like That's all annoying. right, fine. Yeah, I don't know. Other two, other four, three, three. I can count. Other three. Gee whiz. Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. Hmm. Anyway, I was looking at uh, looking at the map of of uh, Utah, going, yeah, I remember Park City. I had a really good time there. We went and spent the week there one time, and had a really good time. Like I said, it was sort of, uh, I think it was early summer, so it was kind of springy, um, and it was just it was beautiful. 
Beautiful, beautiful. Lots of fun. You know, in the summer, you think of Park City as a ski resort, but there's lots of things to do there in the summer. They have a Heber Valley Railway. You can take this old steam engine uh, down down the valley, down south, and then back up, which is a lot of fun. Lots of beautiful places to go, uh, taking pictures and hiking. While I was there, that's when my daughters and my wife and I went and did um, geocaching, which I've talked about before, which was a load of fun. Um, you know, a reason to go hiking somewhere. Yeah. Well, Park City is gorgeous. It, it and, and it's not far. Like, if you want to go to a city, it's not far from from Salt, Salt Lake City, which there's all right. kinds of stuff to do there. So if you're there for a week during the summer, um, you just make sure you have yeah. transportation, and there's there's plenty to do. Yeah, and that's what we did. We went and spent, you know, one day we went and spent down in, in the city and seeing the city, and another day we came back down and we went and spent time at Salt Lake, which was gross but interesting. Because... Um, uh, the, it was uh, great gross? Salt, yes. The, well, the Great Salt Lake, first of all, like a lot of places, and I don't know how it is today, but at that time there had been a um, a lack of rain for a period of time, so the, the lake had contracted quite a bit, so you had to walk quite a ways to get down to the water. When you got to the water, it was absolutely inundated with um, uh, brine, brine fly larvae and and brine shrimp eating the brine fly larvae. And so the water was just kind of gross and disgusting. Uh, uh, but you well, float like a cork. We didn't get out when we went. We just were on um, on the island, which I forgot uh-huh. the name. Antelope Island, I think is the name of it. Is it Antelope or Buffalo Island or something like that? I think it's Antelope Island, but I could be wrong. Um, yeah. We went. We drove around the island and you know saw the bison and all of that, um, uh-huh. and that was fun. But I mean, it smells like a briny lake. Yeah, that's what it's it gross. is. I mean, it's better than yeah. It's better than um, the Salton Sea. Yeah. Yeah, Antelope Island State Park. Yeah, which is actually a peninsula, but <laughs> we're not going to tell them. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, yeah, I, the, yeah, the, the water there is kind of yuck. And it's very salty, and, and you float like a cork in it if you decide to go out and deal with the grossness of the water but there's some cool pictures of me floating with both feet and arms out in the air <laughs> that's cool yeah it was like okay now rinse me off quick quick rinse me off <laughs> is it medicinal like the dead sea is i have no idea it was me- me- disgusting that's for sure yeah i didn't have any desire to get in there with the sea monkeys yeah <laughs> Yeah, and and I'm not sure exactly why we did, but we just did. We brought our suits, and we all got in it, so all four of us out there floating in it, and we're like, yeah. And the thing was, is like they were really in the shallow water right near the shore, and I say shallow water. This is a very, very shallow lake. You can walk a long way out, and it's still, you know, up up to your knees. I mean, it's, but you walk out a ways, and you get past them. They all seem to be right near the shoreline, and so if you get past them, then it's not so bad. Um but, uh, yeah, you're very happy to get to the, to the showers and rinse all that off. And go, okay, did it. Yay. <laughs> now, can I, now, now I can get on with my life. Yeesh. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of cool, too. And there's a lot of history there, too. There are some, some really interesting um, old buildings in the, that were one time like resorts. And they used to be right on the edge of the lake. And now they're like a uh, half mile back from the lake because the lake has receded. Um, so... Now, I don't know what the um, I don't know what the reason for that is. Is it like you know? Is it something that's an ongoing problem? Uh, have they 
Are they have they blocked off, you know, what the sources of water were for it to to direct it towards people, or uh, you know, or is it uh, uh, you know just natural erosion or, or shrinkage? I don't know what you call that when the lake shrinks and dries up. I don't know. I mean, it's a desert, and there's a huge desert just to the west of there um, that's sand dunes and stuff. And in fact, the famous Bonneville Salt Flats are due west of uh, of the Great Salt Lake by about uh, 50 miles. So, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's interesting because um, Reagan does weddings. My daughter does re- mm-hmm. wedding photography, and she was talking about being excited about taking pictures out at the Salt Flats. And I'm like, why? There's nothing out there. But apparently it is It is really, if you're taking, it takes exquisite pictures because it's so yeah. barren. And you get the reflection off of the, if there's any water, you get some reflections off the water that are, that are exquisite. But uh, yeah. 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 If you're out there after a rain. Yeah. But you're right. Yeah. out there. Well, you use a, a shallow depth of field and everything that's fuzzy behind you just goes to fuzziness, but there's not much there other than, you know, blue skies and maybe some distant mountains and stuff. So, Yeah be interesting to see what uh what kind of images she gets in that uh area because it is a a very unique ecological area you know out on the salt flats now assuming she's not going actually to the the like bonneville salt flats up in great salt lake there's salt flats that are closer to us no she's going to salt lake she's doing oh she is she's yeah she is ah so she's going up there okay Ah, okay. Because there are, are uh, fairly large salt flats just uh, across the um, Nevada state line when you drive up there from Southern California as well. Um, and so, uh, you know, there's a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, you know, just miles and miles of literally nothing but just this white salt caked on the surface of the ground for uh, just as you come up over the hill into, into uh, Nevada. So, closer. Salt and they do, flats. they do, they do uh, auto racing and try to set land speed mm-hmm. records out there. Yeah, because you get this long, long, long space of total flatness. That's where they go out there with their like rocket cars and stuff and try to. Although they also do it in motorcycles and all kinds of stuff to, because you can go a long ways straight on a very sm- uh, flat, smooth, natural surface. So. If you're crazy and so inclined, go on out there and go for it. Wee. Yeah, knock yourself out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, kind of my feeling. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, Roach Lake is is one of the areas that's out there. And the uh, Av- Avonpa Lake. And they're not really lakes. They're just lake beds. But because they're very flat, if it rains, you can get like an inch of water over multiple square miles <laughs> at least until it dries or soaks in so, mm. so it looks like a lake at times so yeah and I'm right sure now it might look like a lake it was a lake yeah yeah well you know and right now it's been raining there might be water out there if you were hmm. to go out there right this instant nah. maybe 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 not <laughs> So, um, have you noticed, uh, I don't know, this was the last time you drove out to, uh, to Vegas, but as you head out to Vegas on the west side of the 15 freeway, um, there is a huge solar farm out there now. Yes, there have is. Have you seen that? Yeah. 
Yeah, there's um, a, a big push uh, to um, uh, and and with uh, Biden back, or with with the Democrats, i.e. Biden in the uh, in the White House, that there's um, already been um, some some talk about pushing uh, more more pushing towards solar and and wind and renewable energy sources and de-emphasizing coal again. Uh, which was one of Trump's big things was, you know, we'll bring coal back. We'll burn all the coal we want to. And uh, I'm not sure how much he actually did in that arena, but uh, but um, he certainly had done away with some of the government supports for alternative fuels. And a lot of those are now being put back into place. So be interesting to see how that plays out. You know, I don't those big solar farms are hard on the uh, the ecosystem in the area. I mean, you know, if you if you're a poor bird, it t- t- flies too close. You're dead. They cook you. Yeah. 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 You fly in bet- all those mirrors aimed at one spot because that's one of those where um, they're basically boiling water to create steam to move um, uh, generators. And uh, and so all these mirrors that are spread around multiple acres are aimed to reflect the sunlight back into one spot. That's a very, very hot spot. And so if a bird happens to fly right in between the mirrors and and the solar uh, collector, um, yeah, they're toast, literally. <laughs> it's, it's turkey dinner. Um, they uh, said that, uh, that I, I've seen some things where, where they, there's several birds are killed a day out there. Um, now it's out in the middle of the desert, so I don't know how many birds there are flying around out there. There's not a lot of, uh, of, uh, food in the area. And I imagine though, that a lot of those birds are probably going to be of the, um, um, raptor variety, right? Going after lizards and mice and things like that. Yeah. But those predators are needed in the ecosystem. They are, they are. So, yeah, I mean, it's not like, you know, every, everything we do is going to have an impact one way or another. You know, people always talked about hydroelectricity. It's completely renewable. You use hydroelectricity. And then we found out we were killing all kinds of migratory fish because our dams were blocking their ability to spawn. And, you know, entire generations of fish were not spawned because we built dams in places where we decided, oh, it won't cause any trouble at all. Oops. So, you know. There's a cost to everything. There's a cost. We just need to be aware of it. You know? Indeed. So, um, I like, the, so, you know, the thing that I like, and I wish that, uh, and, and I think I shared a while back, um, uh, one of the Property Brothers did a, uh, I think Jonathan did a Property Brothers did a uh, documentary on some of the problems with trying to generate your own electricity. You know, if you put solar panels up on your house, the um, the big electrical companies are doing everything they can to make that as uneconomical as possible to keep you from generating your own electricity. Yes, they uh, want because it on they the want rate. you. Yeah, they want you tied to them so that they can charge money because they're protected monopolies because they bought the right to sell you electricity. Um, and I would like to see some of our our uh, elected officials stand up to them and say, "Look, you get as many people. I mean, the vast majority of the world still making their own electricity or is buying electricity from you." But if somebody wants to make their own electricity, uh, we're not going to pass any laws to stop them. And we're certainly not going to let you benefit off of their decision to not work with you. Um, you know, I think that we as American citizens should have the right to buy our electricity however we want. And if we want to buy, spend the money to, to put our own solar panels or our own windmills or whatever up, then we shouldn't have to pay fees back to the electric company that we're no longer working with just because 
their feelings are hurt. Well, but they say, I, I'm sure they say that um, that the more people who do that, the more expensive it is for them to deliver to the people who are not doing it. And so it's just yeah. going to drive costs up for those who can't afford to generate their own power. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's there's some economic issues there, and 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 it's not as simple as you know this is good and that is bad. Um, but uh, you know the um, if if we can find a way to economically, I mean, like is it California passed a law saying the new homes have to have solar panels on them. Yes. Um, you know if we if we can find a way to make it economical to build structures with that just built in, um, then we do away with a lot of like the causes of the fires when wires are sparking and causing problems because we don't need wires to transmit electricity. It's, you know, it's being created and used right on the spot. It's being generated. Um, I think a lot of the arguments are if I have a solar panel and I make more electricity than I can use and I put that, the excess power back into the grid, does the electric company have to pay me for the electricity that I generated at the going rate? And at one time they all did, and then in some places the rules have changed. I know that um, the, in the documentary in Las Vegas, uh, the electric company got the rules changed so that what was perceived as a benefit of having solar was taken away from them because then the company didn't have to pay them. They would take the electricity for free, but they didn't have to pay them for it. Um, I don't know. It sounds to me like maybe what they need to do is then replace the uh, – instead of putting power back into the grid – uh, buy a house battery pack, sort of like the ones that uh, Tesla sells through their Solar City division, and you don't don't give the electricity back; just keep it. So that way, you can run off the grid at night as well, instead of uh, instead of putting power back into the grid and then using grid power at night because you don't have any sun to drive your solar. I yeah, know. you know, of course, that just adds adds more to the cost of. Uh, of solar systems, I was looking at Solar City, and it basically doubles the cost. If you pay, you know, say you pay twenty thousand dollars to put solar on your house, it'll probably cost you about twenty thousand dollars to put batteries on your house to then hold all the energy from that solar, so that the excess energy charges up your batteries, and you can uh, then have power overnight. And you have to have, um, you know, that the, it wouldn't work in in really mountainy areas because um, you have to have Trees. a clear. Uh, a clear spot where the sun can can sh- yeah. shine down on your panels, and um, uh, it has to be you know it has to be sunny. So there's yeah. lots of places where it's not. Yeah. Sunny Today wouldn't day. do you much good. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not going to get much power from the sun today. Uh, so if you don't have a battery pack that has enough juice to let you get through a few days, then you might just be without power for a while uh, if you're off the grid completely. So, you know, but that said, there are times when you have your power shut off when you are on the grid because the fine folks at, you know, Southern California Edison said, well, in a high wind advisory, it's not safe for us to send power to you right now. Or, oops, somebody hit a telephone pole or I guess not telephone will be a power pole, you know. So, I mean, there's times when you lose power anyway. So it's true. Nothing's perfect. So So except for you and me, we're perfect. Oh, yeah. Right. So with that, we're out of time. That's why I wanted to get that in before we ran out of time completely. We're perfect. Goodbye. <laughs> so uh, anyhow, everybody have a great day. Thanks for joining us on this happy Monday, and we will see you tomorrow. I'm Todd Brinker. Day, I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody.
Thank you.